0: monday night edition of the Dunktown basketball podcast nca no not nca championship edition number one my guest from last year ricardo Foyce, gonzaga's director of analytics was actually coaching in the national title game unfortunate that gonzaga ended up losing also just gotta say how incredibly unwatchable that was at one point there had been 11 fouls called in five minutes at the start of the second half and probably eight of them were plays that nba rust would just Just let go that like didn't actually affect the outcome of a play. Uh, you know, like rebounding fouls where the ball was like ten feet over the guy's head who's theoretically getting fouled, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, little just jostling on the block or whatever. In in any event, uh a close game, but uh not necessarily a well played one. Uh and that's all I have to say about college basketball. You know my thoughts, you uh I also mentioned that uh despite Ricardo's best efforts, I thought it was a good episode. The NCAA episode that we did last year was the least listened to episode that we had in. 2016. So the the numbers have spoken and what we're going to talk about today instead is some news and then also look back at some of our other predictions that we did in our season prediction podcast uh, make fun of our terrible ones see if there are any that that were prescient cuz we had a few categories some wins uh predicted all the seeds for the playoffs etc So hopefully that'll be interesting. Uh, our sponsors today blinds.com. You can get 20% off everything at blinds.com when you use the promo code CAP space i'm actually having some of those installed in uh, my rental apartment in the next couple of weeks and lyft had a wedding in san francisco this weekend used lyft to get around all the time and lyft is off singing our list listeners a special deal for new users you can get three free rides up to ten dollars each using of course that familiar cap space code all right well we got news wise here daniel let's get started
1: i think we should probably start we talked about it a little bit before but with the idea of when and how Yusuf Nurkic will be available he had that non-displaced fracture in his tibia and there was a report from jeff stotts that on average players miss 28 days or 14.5 games and he's going to be reevaluated two weeks after the injury which is basically the first day of the playoffs
0: yeah so and you know especially without him their playoffs will not last longer than four weeks after the injury so nurkic not a guy who was a fast healer last year either so hard to imagine that he will play much or be effective especially because with that type of a fracture probably not the type of thing where you want to do a lot of weight bearing where you can stay in cardio shape he doesn't have the body type that stays into great shape either and uh, the Blazers did not look good without him today we watched a little bit of that game after you're finishing up at the Hoop Summit, they actually went with Alfaruka Aminu and Mo Harkless at the four and the five to close that game out, Terry, Stott, even though Minnesota was going with Gorgie Jang and Carl Anthony Towns in their front court. So clearly, Terry Stott's not really trusting uh, Myers Leonard and Noah Vonley to close games. At Davis, of course, is out for the year with that shoulder. So it's going to be very interesting with, with Portland now. As Denver, what are they, within one game of them? Or, or, or I'm sorry, one and a half games again, but Portland has a tiebreaker, right?
1: I believe that's where it is right now. It's one and a half games plus the tiebreaker. It's, I haven't gone through it too much just because it looked like Portland had it locked up, but I remember them winning at least two games against, Port, against Denver, so
0: yeah we should also note that Charlotte left for dead yeah. they have got on a 7 and 2 run actually up to a 20% mm-hmm. chance of making the playoffs as well now uh, per 538 so the 8th seed so some teams that were left for dead maybe coming back into it denver had a nice win on the road against miami who also you know that simultaneously maybe opened things up a little bit for charlotte as well indiana i think has lost four straight now so Charlotte looking a little bit better there uh the Sixers also with some injury news Robert Covington a slight uh that is the wording from the team lateral meniscus tear uh, he is actually now the third Sixer I think who has had a meniscus tear in the last year with Jill Okafor remembering he had one last year uh, Joel Embiid of course and then Covington Okafor for his part now has been shut down for the season as he continues to have soreness and swelling in that right knee that he had repaired you know and what was supposed to be a pretty run-of-the-mill meniscus surgery so much as okafor and the type of player that he is has been you know someone who really has gone by the wayside the modern nba it's also a little bit unfair to be judging him at this point because he just clearly has not been healthy all year
1: the recently victorious lakers actually maybe in response to that Uh, at least at least one of them might have been they shut down Zubac for the year but that was due to what I think was an ankle issue from what I recall and then they just sh- sh- today I believe shut down Nick Young, Swaggy P for the rest of the year and that might you know who knows that might be his last time playing for the Lakers because he's probably gonna opt out.
0: That one where both sides really have the incentive because for Young he's going to be a free agent. Why he's played well this year relative to where he had been. So why even risk it? The potential for injury as stock isn't going to go up in these next three games or whatever. It's going to be. Uh, Meanwhile, Derek Rose another torn meniscus. This one in his left knee. That's the one that he originally tore the ACL in. I guess the good news is it's not another meniscus injury in the knee that he's had all the meniscus injuries in. which was the right knee, but for Rose, we had talked about, I mean, the news came down pretty much as we were recording on Sunday after we said that he actually had kind of been healthy this year, and that has not now been the case. He, in theory, should be, you know, this is going to be a smaller meniscus injury, but you really never know with these things, right? I mean, Joakim Noah had that kind of surgery, and he's never been the same ever. Uh, so really, until you, and some of these go are three or four weeks. So it, difficult to know just based on that diagnosis. But again, Rose, with his history, age 28 now, uh, declining athleticism, we were asked, I think at one point, whether he would be a starting point guard somewhere. I think now, especially with this latest injury, if you're going to sign Derek Rose, you really need to sign him more with the idea that he's going to be competing for a starting job rather than that he just is going to be your starter because of, uh, again, uh, this renewed health issue, which had really been the one silver lining for uh, him this season.
1: And this will give pause to some of the teams that, that really like Rose that haven't maybe focused as much on his injury stuff just because it makes it so much more present. And it also brings to mind the idea of years, not dollars. With him, you could go in a lot of different directions, he and his agent, whatever he prioritizes, but that will be probably a big dividing line for him because somebody might give him a pretty solid one year deal in terms of annual value but if you, if he wants three years or more that you have to just plunge that annual value because otherwise you, you're putting way too much risk on yourself
0: yeah i mean i i would be shocked at this point if he gets more than 20 million in guaranteed money uh, on this next deal uh, so I think probably he's going to be on kind of the Rayshon Rondo, uh, one year, try to rebuild your value fail and then do another one year contract. Uh, you know, and, and I think he like Rondo once did had some of the same outsized notion. You know, you remember he had those comments prior to last season about how he was actually looking forward to being a free agent for the first time, uh, for the golden state warriors, Kevin Durant, they are targeting Saturday against the new Orleans Pelicans for his return he is certain to not play in these next two games the Warriors of course have won 11 straight in his absence he started ramping up his activity playing one-on-one scrimmaging a little bit so it sounds like he's getting close there and they have the luxury of time of playing really well that uh they can just ease him back in you know they might even give him a game to play without Steph Curry where he can really get his feet under under him uh in at some point in those last three games all of which are home games uh what else we got here
1: in their win against the suns sam decker broke his hand he's already had successful surgery as many of them are and he will be reevaluated a week from then which is actually pretty close to now
0: yeah i mean a fractured hand i can't remember anybody coming back in less than three weeks basically from that so and i think you know i realized that decker had been playing a little bit less especially in second halves of late but especially if you get into a series where you got to go small a little bit more whether that's playing ryan anderson at center he also his timetable to return is Still up in the air. There's some talk that he might be back for a game or two before the end of the regular season. We'll see what kind of shape he is in. But really, Trevor Ariza now is the only established wing that they have available who's really, and he's going to have to play a lot of four for them. He'll probably start at the four, as he has been, uh, and that may even last into the playoffs. And even if Anderson does come back, if they don't have Decker available, again, Ariza really their only quality option at all who can guard, who can switch. So I think that Decker is someone who might have actually ended up playing more in the playoffs or maybe less because D'Antoni you know he likes to really cinch up the rotation at times but uh definitely Houston a team that has absolutely nothing to play for their magic number for clinching the seat three seed seat is one right now uh Suffering some injuries at the wrong time, and, and you have to wonder with Harden whether he is going to finally get shut down. He did miss that game against the Suns with an injury, in which Patrick Beverly put up twenty six points as, as the uh the D'Antoni point guard.
1: While we're talking about playoff teams missing bench players, Austin Rivers might miss the first round of the Clipper series, which is probably going to be against the Jazz with his hamstring issue.
0: Yeah, he of course expressed disappointment with that, and I think they're going to need him. We'll see. Jamal Crawford usually plays well against. Against the Jazz, but I mean, Rivers a lot of times was closing games as basically a three. Uh, Doc Rivers thinking that he's really kind of their best two way option on the wing, which is a little sad to say. But it, we may also in that Jazz Clippers series see a lot more of him Bob Mute since he guards Gordon Hayward really well. But then, you know, the Clips could run into some spacing issues with Bob Muse, Blake Griffin, not a great shooter, DeAndre Jordan, and then Rudy Gobert under the basket. So I think actually losing Rivers, who, who has played better than expected this year, could be an issue. Uh, but the Jazz, for their part, also suffering injury problems. Derek favors still no kind of timeline to return there. The Jazz aren't big on timelines, but I mean, they're ruling him out early for these games. So it's not like he's ramping up his activity and, you know, going to be questionable. George Hill with his groin issue. He has missed the last three games as well. Also, he's had this toe thing. So maybe at least this groin thing will help his this toe issue uh, for him. And that that's still concerning. Hopefully he'll, he'll be back pretty quickly. We haven't heard anything that this is a major injury, but we never do with the jazz uh also some smaller transactions involving uh young shooting guards or uh medium age shooting guards in the case of one of them
1: so the the nets decided to keep archie griffin around they signed him to a two-year archie, contract. archie griffin he's, archie.
0: he's a little old after winning back-to-back heisman trophies in 1974 and 1975
1: how did you remember those years jesus but <laughs> but yeah archie goodwin former son and he's been playing. He's been playing pretty well for them, so it's exciting to see. And it'll have. I think the the term I heard was that it'll have like sequential guarantees, which is kind of standard. This the team that I th- I attribute that to is the Miami Heat have done that with a lot of their guys who have generally worked out well enough that they've gotten those sequential guarantees.
0: Yeah, and then C.J. Wilcox third year player another of doc river's brilliant draft picks was traded to the magic for nothing to clear space below the hard cap this offseason has played almost nil for the magic and he's played like 360 minutes in his nba career it was 23 when he's drafted uh so really just you know doesn't look like a player who is gonna have an nba future unfortunately and uh Let's see, what else we have?
1: Well, we have the Bucks transaction news, which was fascinating because they cut Terrence Jones. Wow, he's had an amazing kind of arc to his career and replaced him with son of Buck- not great, but son of former Buck Gary Payton, Gary Payton II, and I don't know what the terms of his contract are, but I I, like, I liked him a lot as a college player, and I wanted to see him get a shot in the league, and I'm not sure that
0: shot will come with the Bucks, but it's still a good sign. Yeah, he does have a lot of athleticism. He does provide, I mean, I'm not expecting him to get a lot of playing time, but if they could develop his shot just a little bit, he does provide an element with his ball pressure athleticism in the backcourt that they really don't have much of with Tony Snell Brogdon, Dellavedova is a pretty below average athletic uh, Jason Terry below average athleticism in the backcourt, and, and Jones was brought in with Michael Beasley's injury, barely played at all. And with Beasley now healthy again, it, he's been released, didn't play very many minutes. Thought Thought Maker has had a couple of nice games. He had a, a huge game as the Bucks won it, in overtime over the weekend. He had like twenty five points. Um, th- his former team terrence jones is the new orleans pelicans they are looking to start a d-league team as well i think we're very close now within the next couple of years with these two-way contracts you're really kind of blowing it if you don't have a d-league team at this point uh back to the lakers too we missed this one uh, vicha Zubac out for the year with a high ankle sprain hopefully that's not something that's going to affect uh, his summer work at all uh contavious caldwell pope got a dui arrest was not incredibly blotto at least that's the one silver lining obviously drunk driving is a problem especially as an athlete who has plenty of money you Might want to invest some of that if you're going to go out in uh, some sort of a driving service, perhaps our our sponsor Lyft. And he, uh, you know, played the next day. The NBA's usual approach here is that they don't provide discipline until there's really been an adjudication of these things. Uh, For the Bucks, also Malcolm Brogdon. While we're really going in great order here, uh, he missed their loss to the Mavs at home with back soreness. He has been a critical player for them. They have struggled at times uh, when he has been out. And all right, I think that's that's all we have. Let's. Oh, we, we don't uh, make...
1: have another twelve minutes of news.
0: <laughs> was that twenty?
1: No, we're we're below eighteen.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we got to thirty three minutes. That was a little extreme last time. Uh, but we we try to keep it to less than twenty. But uh, yeah. Let's get to a commercial and then we'll talk about some of our other predictions. And and this will be a nice lead in too, because probably tomorrow's episode will be a discussion of our awards, except for MVP. And then the day after that, we're just gonna go whole hog on the MVP breaking down these four candidates in excruciating detail and finally deciding really looking into it who who our picks are going to be uh so yeah uh we'll be right back after this word from our friends at blinds.com Blinds are something that you don't really think about, but as one who stays in hotels a lot and also owns a rental property and also then is renting the place that I'm actually living in, they've become something that I notice a lot more in hotels. Maybe they just don't keep the light out very well. They're impossible to adjust. They make a bunch of noise. They get messed up. Like the place that I'm renting in right now has these terrible blinds that You have to like slide in to the strings. And then like the guy who is our landlord, like didn't actually thread the strings through there. So the blinds just fall out all the time. They don't actually fit together to keep the light out when you want to try to get a little bit of sleep in the morning, which will will happen on occasion because we're up till two in the morning doing these podcasts sometimes. So blinds.com makes it really easy to upgrade. They offer a free online design consultation. If you need help getting started, uh, they've done a nice job of working together with my tenant to pick out a a nice set of ruler blinds. You can send in pictures of your home and you'll get custom professional recommendations in return. They'll send free samples. That's the stage of the process that we're in now. And uh, they did that for free. Uh, Shipping is free. And if you mismeasure or you pick the wrong color, Blinds.com will remake your blinds for free. So it's really easy. There's no excuse to leave up those mango blinds that look like they're a prop from the wire. <laughs> That's a good line in, the, in, this, in this copy. Uh, any longer. And for a limited time, you'll get 20% off everything at Blinds.com when you use promo code Capspace. That's Blinds.com promo code Capspace for 20% off everything. You can get faux wood blinds if that's what you want, cellular shades, roller shades like I'm going to get, and more. Blinds.com promo code Capspace. Rules and restrictions apply. So per usual, it was always humbling to go back and look at how dumb we were at the start of the year.
1: Yeah, I actually so for part of it I, I when I was driving back I actually listened to part of the podcast but fortunately found the document with my predictions but I think that I did not do the specific ordering like you did for the conferences but I think I commented on yours if, if not, that's how I remember it, but we can do it that way now.
0: Yeah, so uh, we don't have to go through what all the predictions were, but some of the, the highlights and lowlights, we had Golden State winning the West with 69 wins. I, I thought that that's looking pretty darn good. They're probably either going to get 67 or 68, and if not for the KD injury, they probably would be even better off. San Antonio uh, had as the 2 seed uh with 59. Clippers 53 is the 3 seed. They're going to get pretty close to their same thing with Utah, 50. The big miss was Houston as the 5th seed with 46 wins. They are going to obviously blow quite past that. And then the other big miss really uh, you know we ended up getting pretty good on this, right? I mean like you we didn't disagree that much uh, on a lot of these uh phoenix we had a little bit too high at 28 and i actually partially too was that we stuck with our preseason predictions a lot of times like from the over-unders podcast which is a month before preseason and uh i down ended up wanting to downgrade New Orleans and Phoenix both and it turns out both of them are going to be under where we thought they were going to be as well Denver 37 they're, they're about right well the, um,
1: the other one to mention is Minnesota I mean Minnesota we both yeah. thought was going to be a playoff team or at least on the fringes of it and they fell off that and, and while Memphis was for a while way ahead of finishing slightly below 500 they are looks like going to be the seven seed so you know that was off but not that far
0: off. Yeah, Memphis, I think we had a 39 wins and they were really I just, you know, Marcus Ol, people forget about this was like came back from a broken foot yep. last year, right? And he's 32 now, like no one would this whole thing with him shooting all these threes and stuff, Mike Conley missing all that time with the Achilles, and those two guys have just carried them so well. Uh so that's been a big part of it. And uh Lakers looks like we're going to pick them. We had them at 23. They I think they're at 23 right now, but they probably won't win another game. Uh what about the East? The Wizards, I think, were probably your biggest miss. We disagreed on
1: them. I didn't have them doing as well as they did. But, you know, you had them at 41 wins in the 8th seed. They're going. They're competing right now in the 3-4 mix with the Toronto Raptors. And then the other big one is Charlotte. I mean, we were both really high on them. After a year of telling people to hammer their over and getting it right to just no really no
0: yeah that was one where i on the pod we i had charlotte with 46 wins i was like hey you know what i have to kind of stick to this because that was my prediction but i would probably downgrade it if anything i think the way i looked at it was cleveland is tier one with 56 wins boston and toronto is tier two and then charlotte and detroit is the four five in tier three and in reality, those guys probably did belong in a tier, but that was tier like five or six. Uh, and, and then Washington, who we had as eighth, uh, we talked about on the, on the podcast last time why, why we missed on them. Uh, and Miami only at 35 wins. Uh, I think we can look at that uh, as one, you know, they're going to exceed that, but maybe not by much. I thought one that we nailed, though, pretty well was that the bottom three teams in the league would be LA, Brooklyn, or, or the bottom four teams in the league would be LA, Brooklyn, Philly, and Phoenix. And I think that's been uh, that is largely proven to be the case.
1: Yeah. The other miss we talked about this at length in the prediction podcast because we put fake money on it was the Bucks. But we already talked about that. I don't think we need to nail that too hard
0: yeah so uh, our to reiterate we haven't seen this yet uh golden state and san antonio and cleveland and boston were our picks for the the finals i had golden state winning over cleveland in six in in the finals and and we asked the question that i think would be fun to revisit at this point whether it's more likely that the finals would be golden state versus cleveland or any other matchup Uh, at the time i think we both said golden state versus cleveland was more likely than any other matchup do you still feel that way
1: i still feel that way, but it's really close. I think it's, I would have it at about a coin flip right now. And that's by my belief that Cleveland is going to be better than they've been the last few weeks. But I don't trust any of the teams I actually just recorded a podcast for uh, ranking the Warriors' potential playoff opponents for Lockdown Warriors in terms of desirability. And that made me think about you know how likely or unlikely I think it is for them to make it. And then I think the same is kind of true of Cleveland, where the teams around them are better. But I'm not sure they're better in a way that makes them terrifying or really that dangerous for Cleveland, unless Cleveland is as bad defensively or even close to it as they've been over the last two months.
0: I do think that Toronto is the best equipped team to defend Cleveland that we've seen since LeBron returned uh, So to Cleveland. So I, I do like that aspect. Disturbingly, we still have not heard anything about Kyle Lowry ramping up his activity. Maybe that's just because Toronto doesn't get as breathless a media coverage as or maybe I just missed it. Uh, oh, here we go. He was able to go through a partial practice on Monday. Uh, which was more of a walkthrough. Uh, So he's still progressing. And uh, Raptors beat reporter Josh Lundberg said he expects Lowry to return at some point this week. Oh, all right. And he could potentially play in three games. He's already been ruled out for Tuesday. So fantastic. Uh, Thanks to uh, Roto World's essential team depth charts page for that news. Uh, That's great to hear for the Raptors. I mean, that is his shooting wrist and he's always had these kind of weird shooting slumps in the playoffs anyway. So we'll see what kind of shape he's in coming back. But at least, you know, cardio-wise, he's been able to run with a an upper body injury. And uh, that's great news for the Raptors.
1: Yeah. I mean, anything else you want to do here? Do you want to start moving into the actual words?
0: Well, I, I think I, I want to say what I think my chances are. Oh, yeah, that's right. Of Cleveland. You know, this is a struggle, right? Like. <sighs> I still I still am going to believe I'm uh, that, you know, I think they still have a 65, 70 percent chance of going through uh, to which is obviously very high for any team when you're talking about the playoffs. But I just, based on any statistical analysis of this season, you would say that they have a far less than 50% chance. But, you know, I'm, I'm just going to believe with the, this team, I mean, they've had so many times since LeBron returned where they just looked like they're absolutely dead. The 19 and 20 start in his first season then you know the firing of david blatt uh, being down 3-1 looking like their defense was horrible you know i mean they were looking really bad in january and then they had a really nice february and now they've been bad again in march so uh, i'm uh, i'm not going to believe that they're dead until they're dead and uh, and until lebron is dead that got kind of grim well in the a- a metaphorical basketball sense.
1: yeah except that LeBron's a cyborg so it gets complicated
0: yeah so most valuable player oh man we what we did it was the player we thought would deserve it uh, both of us picked Stephen Curry just because he was so unbelievable last year I made the comment that I thought that the Warriors would still be Steph's team and through the first two months of the season until that I mean taking the second part of this he obviously is not going to be anywhere close to the MVP the second the first couple months of the season that really was not true at all you know it was and then that cleveland game they started focusing on steph more he had a really nice january then struggled in february and then and then in the second half of of march really is heated up probably at his best game of the season against the wizards where we really saw some of uh, that same incredible shot making that we saw from him last year but you know i still thought he think he's the second best player in basketball we said that on the top 10 players podcast but not anywhere close uh, to being MVP and instead two through five I think we had as these same uh four guys who are are really in consideration at Kawhi at at second LeBron third and James Harden fourth I did make the note that if the Cavs get to 60 wins then I thought LeBron would win it as kind of a lifetime achievement award type of thing uh but uh, you know they obviously aren't going to get there so I think it'll be hard for him to win and Uh, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Did you, was your prediction markedly different than mine? I forgot.
1: It was a little different. So I said LeBron would win. I I had that, I had that up there and then mine was Curry, then Chris Paul. That was our biggest difference. I was on the Chris Paul for MVP trade, then Kawhi, then Harden. Actually, that was part of the podcast I listened to. I chuckled when I had this extended meditation on why the Thunder offense was not going to be good enough under Russell Westbrook for him to win the MVP. And I'm sitting there thinking about him being like, my logic wasn't terrible. It's just that he beat, went so far beyond everything else that I'm picking him right now. You know, we'll see right now, but right now he's my MVP.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it- And I mean, if anyone is going to cost Russell Westbrook, the MVP, it could be like the combination of Cameron Payne, Samaje Christian, Norris Cole, and the 2.5 million that they're paying Ronnie Price to not be on the team (laughs) because they are just so awful whenever he's off the floor. If they had any kind of competent backups, you know, they could have won maybe five more games this year. I mean, I'm not sure whether the math really supports that or not, but, you know, obviously uh, to have be backed up by, you know, probably maybe the worst backup. Ups in the entire league uh, over a position group for the entire season. I mean, c- campaign is like in the D league now for the Bulls.
1: Yeah, he's he's a key member of the Hoffman Estates Windy City Bulls, and I think we can move on to Coach of the Year. Is there anything else you need on MVP? No. I, I, and Coach of the Year, Ugh.
0: you know, I always said that Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr should should be you know one two every year, and uh, their teams have not disappointed in the slightest. I thought that my top three candidates, and again, this is one of those ones that's impossible to predict ahead of time, were Brad. Stevens, Quinn Snyder, and Eric Spolstra, and I think that list is actually looking pretty good. Stevens and Snyder, their teams have played pretty well. I think Snyder actually doesn't get talked about enough given the Jazz injury issues this year that they're still going to go over what their over-under was and, and be top five seed in the west and spolster of course uh is being discussed as one of the leading candidates right now
1: my three were tom Thibodeau, on the logic of that the that the wolves were going to have a major improvement he was going to get a lot of that credit logic fine didn't happen steve clifford which you cut down at the time and you were right because i had forgotten about the idea that you're never going to give a coach coach of the year when his team doesn't improve unless it's greg popovich who i feel deserves it this year and then quinn sander was third we agreed on that
0: yeah and actually I, i I should correct myself from yesterday's show because the horn is actually won 48 games last year not not 46 so there was no way they were getting to that again this year so we'll see who we end up picking for our coach of the year actually i already know it's going to be greg popovich for for me uh another category that we looked at was first coach to be fired and incredibly no coaches have been fired during the year i can't remember the last year that that happened although we did at least say it didn't look that bad because a lot of the teams that were really bad and might disappoint had new coaches or coaches with really long contracts and but the names that we threw out there alvin gentry earl watson jason kidd fred hoiberg Kidd, i mean is going to get the bucks to the five seed in the east so even though you know he has his foibles they may feel like they can't move on from him uh hoiberg still has too much money left brett braun we were worried about and they of course have really exceeded expectations and actually they even have played better in the clutch this year which was one of the big criticisms of him and their 14th in defense again with uh you know a team that is not remotely experienced at all so uh, alvin gentry probably the most likely uh to be axed after this season Uh, i mean is there anyone other coach that you feel like right now is gonna get fired this off season no i mean Watson is so
1: kind of recent into his contract and everything else. I don't think his fate is tied to his general manager like Dell Demps and Gentry might be. But I don't think it's really the time that they're going to do that. And then outside of those guys, I mean, I think a lot of the teams that are disappointing, you know, they made their head coaching changes last year. And I wouldn't say that a lot of their failings are on that person. Like, I mean, Vo- yeah. the only one like that might be Vogel, but I can't imagine the magic firing him with this much left on his contract. And I don't think he's the reason they've been so messed. Well, he's been a part of it considering the whole, the whole big man disaster
0: yeah although i mean it really seems like it was management uh putting him in a possible position there that's i think true. jeff hornet jeff hornacek w- oh yeah one, As they as they've yo-yoed back and forth between using the triangle and not using it and there's been you know myriad drama there uh, with the knicks uh that's one you could certainly look at uh yeah and, and kid i don't know i mean it could be kind of uh we'll see what happens in the playoffs too you know i mean if they give it a good go in a playoff series that that might change things as well and just make it difficult politically but you know i mean i think there definitely have been a lot of issues with him in terms of how he's kind of been running things uh you know the suspension with jabari for example being being an indication there too uh you know, I, maybe Nate McMillan could be one, although that might just make Larry Bird look bad. And so you might want to hold on to him for a little bit longer. And uh, yeah, that, that's about all all that really comes to mind for me. It, it's going to be, there are so many changes last year, as you said. I don't see that really changing too much.
1: I think this is going to be a more stable year. There also aren't, at least off the top of my head, these total no-brainer like coach prospects out there, either in college or in the assistant ranks where you say, oh, we have to clear out a job for that person. Like I would have said, Luke Walton probably would have fit in that considering his success with the Warriors. Yeah. And they're, they're, there aren't, I can't think of anybody like that right now.
0: And there's really nobody winning in the wings like a Mike D'Antoni either, you know, who was, although wasn't exactly what Houston was looking for, certainly was a very accomplished coach. I mean, there's really nobody out there like that who's looking for work at at this point uh defensive player of the year i think we're looking pretty good on this one i think we all three of us agreed that uh rudy gobert Draymond green and Kawhi leonard would be in there in some order i had rudy gobert number one green number two ix ex- one thing that the warriors deserve a ton of credit for is the fact that their defense is actually better this year than it was last year i i thought that green wouldn't be as strong of a candidate as gobert because they're going to take a step back i think that gobert has been unbelievable But he's also just been hurt by the fact that Derek Favors hasn't been able to play, so the Jazz themselves haven't been, like, the absolute most awesome defense especially when he's been off the floor. Uh but that's something that that can kind of leak in and then Leonard was third for me and I think you know I don't know if he would be third for me this year we'll have to do a top 3 but certainly I mean if you wanted to just say maybe just in terms of his performance this year uh, even with that fluky three point luck but if you wanted to just say who's the third best defensive player in basketball you know I think you probably would go with him.
1: I mean if you had to say who's the third best player in bas- defensive player in basketball he might be higher on that list but that's not exactly what defensive player of the year is measuring. You Yeah, I had Gobert, Green, Leonard as well, was actually one that I, I jostled with a lot. It's actually sometimes hard when you know the three people to figure out the order, as opposed to when you're trying to sort everything else out. The distillation process can be clarifying. But I think we can move on to six men of the year. And I had completely forgotten who I chose for this and then got really sad.
0: Oh no, who was it?
1: So my list was um number three, iguodala which is fine. Number two, Brandon Knight, number one, Julia Look
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I remember the discussion now because I was like, no, there's no way they're gonna get a sixth man who is on a losing team because it's sort of this made up award to make guys feel good about being the six man. I had iguodala this is who I thought would deserve it, not who would get it. iguodala number one, Eric Gordon number two, and Wilson Chandler is number three, and I I think that's actually holding up pretty well lou williams just had kind of been in limbo in la be interesting to see where he ends up falling into the actual voting uh i think eric gordon is a better player than lou williams i don't know about wilson chandler uh, and he's also missed missed a lot of times he probably should at least have been on my list which he wasn't at all i had a list of like 10 guys and i didn't even include him at all so probably should have done that
1: yeah, and I, I should note that I've said also that I thought Iguodala would deserve it and wouldn't win it, and I haven't figured out how I feel on that now, but that might still be true.
0: Yeah, I mean, he certainly is coming on. I mean he's, He might have had his best month as a warrior. Eh? in March he, he's been outstanding but certainly it took a while to ramp up uh, this year as well. Uh all right let's do a commercial and we'll, we'll uh talk a little bit more about uh, some of our categories not only the awards but some other things we made up like biggest surprise player, most disappointing player and team executive of the year which is not made up uh that kind of thing. So sadly I'm no longer cool and I don't live in the city anymore. I live out in the suburbs but I had my friend's wedding in San Francisco this weekend and so I, I was staying in a hotel just ha- had the car parked and so it was easier to just take Lyft than to try to drive around and park everywhere especially because we we're going to the wedding and having a beverage or two so we took Lyft and Lyft is a ride-sharing app that cares more about just getting you from point A to point B they know what happens in between is pretty important too so every driver is fully vetted through a 10-point safety standard including uh, third-party criminal DMV background checks every car is inspected a 19-point vehicle inspection and an industry-leading insurance plan that protects you the moment your Lyft driver picks you up. I definitely like Lyft a lot better than taking a cab. That's for sure. You've heard me rail in these commercials before about how miserable the cab industry generally is. I, I'm kind of a tall guy, so I like to sit in the front, and usually that's no problem for a Lyft driver. Cab drivers always hem and haw and want me to sit behind that stupid divider that takes up a foot of legroom where they've got like, you know, 15 different old newspapers on the passenger seat that they have to fill out. And by that point, it's just like not worth the trouble. So I cram into the back instead, and it's miserable. No such problems. With Lyft at all. And you can also tip within the app as well. That uh, leads to happier drivers and happy passengers. And uh, I always end up tipping because I always have a great experience with Lyft. And right now you can check them out as well. They're offering our listeners a special deal for new users. Get three free rides up to $10 each, up to a $30 value when you enter the promo code CAP Space. So just download that free Lyft app today, enter promo code CAP Space, easy to remember because we talk about that all the time, into the payment section. And you'll start with those three free rides up to ten dollars each that's promo code cap space in the free lift app so the uh, player who most beat regression was a category that uh, i came up with and we had lebron james and i think that that clearly has been the case so far
1: yeah, I also mentioned Chris Paul and when he's been healthy. I mean, of course, you can argue age is maybe a part of that, but those two guys are still doing. I mean, Chris Paul's been fabulous this year. LeBron has been really good and maybe they've each taken a little bit of a step back, but not much.
0: No, I, I mean, I think certainly offensively, LeBron James has been much better than he was. Yeah, in his last shooting is amazing. Regular season, right? I mean, that was he finally rediscovered his three pointer halfway through the NBA finals. And he's shooting like 37% on threes last time I checked, which is really opened up his game quite a bit, made him, again, a much more effective pick-and-roll player. So, yeah, I mean, pretty incredible now at age 32 what LeBron James has been able to do. Uh, The other category I thought was interesting was most valuable non-star. You were quite prescient on this one. I picked Rudy Gobert, J.R. Smith, and Michael kidd Gilchrist, and you said, yeah, it would be Gobert, but I expect him to get all-star consideration, and therefore he wouldn't be eligible for this category. And you're right. He should have made the All-Star team instead of DeAndre Jordan. That was one of the uh, one of the worst All-Star snubs in a long time.
1: And the other guy that I had in mind was Jay Crowder. And Crowder's had a good year. And considering this is a takes yeah, out a lot of the best Yeah, he's been better than players. my
0: guys. He's been better than jr Smith and, and M.K.G. That's for sure. M.K.G. has been, uh, I think, a, a disappointment. I really hoped that he was going to make a huge difference for Charlotte's defense, and, and that just hasn't happened.
1: Do you want to go to Rookie of the Year next? This has turned out kind of interestingly because I felt really bad about it earlier on.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what do we have there? So
1: my three was number one, Jamal Murray. Number two, Joel Embiid. Number three, Buddy Hield. And so early in the year, when Jamal Murray was buried on the bench and Buddy healed was struggling, I was sitting there going, "Oh God, that." Looks looks really terrible. And it's not going to be how it turns out. But, you know, I think that was a reasonable inference based on playing time and everything else for how it was going to turn out. Dario Scharch has obviously made his way into that mix. Malcolm Brogdon came out of blanking nowhere. So you have those in the mix as well. But I think that it ended up looking better. Now it's defensible when for, you know, the first two months of the year, it didn't look as much that way.
0: Yeah, my mistake was in thinking that Ben Simmons would actually play. I thought the rest of these candidates were going to be so underwhelming that he, even if he missed two months, would come in. But I also well, didn't really consider true. Joel. Emb- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also didn't really consider Joel Embiid enough either. And uh, you know, I, I think he is in the mix. Murray, I had him number two, but it was just difficult to see exactly what his path to playing time was, and he. uh, beat out Emmanuel Moutier until Moutier returned with and Nelson out with a calf injury against the Heat and had a really nice game in 31 minutes but Murray just didn't play quite enough uh, to really get in there and you know a lot it's funny because a lot of the rookies that we actually have liked the most in terms of their future Hernan Gomez being another example are just stuck behind veteran players right now then the ones who were gifted minutes and, and have been playing a lot like Chris Heald who obviously is been much better in sacramento I mean, if if he'd played the way he played in sacramento all year he probably would be in there um you know those guys just haven't performed as well and then Saric, you know we just thought it was hard to see how what his path is going to be with uh ben simmons in line ahead of him but you know he's, he's gotten all he can eat uh, on the offensive end and you know i mean it if you had to guess who is going to win Rookie of the Year, who do you think it'd be? Sarge.
1: I think it's going to be Brogdon. Huh. I don't think it's going to be Embiid, even though he you make a very good argument, and people can hear that probably tomorrow. My argument for that, but Brogdon, he's doing well. He's clo- I mean, other than the in- the injury issue he's dealing with right now, he's been closing well on a good team that's outperforming expectations, and he you know he didn't do it all year, but I think he has I think he has a better case than. Than Saric, at least offhand for me, and I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna win, which is crazy. Considering that would be an amazing story.
0: Yeah. Uh, absolutely the sophomore of the year is an interesting one non-towns division we said because we expected to be carl towns and carl towns has been unbelievable i mean he's averaging 28 points a game on like 60 percent true shooting i think since like february 1st so uh, that's been unbelievable that was from kp's piece today talking about redrafting the, the 2015 draft and then so we both picked chris Porzingis. he had looked awesome in the preseason and started off that way and then whether well, it was just the knicks overall malaise some nagging injuries just him not being as good as he started the season as you know he's kind of fallen off and so I think the clear one now is probably going to be uh Jokic you would say
1: right who didn't qualify for for the piece that KP and Chad Ford did together because he wasn't drafted in 2015 but he fits our criteria because he's a sophomore and yeah I would say he's there and then I had Jokic third and then I had D'Angelo Russell second and I would say that Russell has been outpaced by Miles Turner as well who I think you could make an argument has also been better than Porzingis
0: and Devin Booker, too, of course, that has to be in there as well. But sure. yeah, I would say Turner, uh, as KP's piece today, redrafting the 2015 draft, I think actually that was yesterday, had him third. And I think that's probably where it would be. Interesting, though, this 2015 draft, Jokic was 2014 draft. We really were extremely fired up about it as it was going on because just so many players were contributing. And this year actually has been a little bit of a regression, I think, overall for that draft beyond Porzingis, Booker, Turner, and Towns, nobody really looking like they're on the path to stardom right now, unless I'm forgetting somebody.
1: I don't think Willie Cauley-Stein is there yet.
0: No, he, I mean, he's actually the one guy who's gotten better, but if yeah, like, we are like, oh, hey, Emmanuel Moutier, like you started in starting point guard all year in Denver, like sky's the limits for him. And now he's been out of the rotation the second half of the year. And uh, Justice Winslow got hurt. Stanley Johnson playing a little bit more, but it hasn't really particularly developed. So Frank Kaminsky struggled most of the year, starting to shoot better as they've had this recent surge. But, you know, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, so Trey Lyles, uh, had a very promising rookie season and then he hasn't played hardly at all this year as Utah has, has kind of moved into really trying to, to win with veterans. Uh, so a lot of that. Is really been, if not a regression, a lack of. uh, And, you know, D'Angelo Russell, too, you know, has been on this bad Lakers team all year. Uh, So a lot of these guys really have not taken the leaps forward that perhaps would have been expected for them this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Move on to most improved player. I actually kind of did two separate things with this because I always. I'm critical of the way that it's adjudicated. So I'll go through first my prediction for who would deserve it was Devin Booker. He's definitely improved. Not not maybe as much as an all-around guy as I expected, but his scoring has been impressive for what it is this year. But my top three for who I expected to be in it was is a kind of a fascinating group. I wrote number three was Nikola Jokic, and I put in parentheses, which would be infuriating because it, you know, he was very good last year. It was just that it was in a different thing. But now I think with the way that he's improved, you can make an argument that he could be on the ballot anyway. Number two, Zach Levine. Eh. And then number one, Clint Capella. And Clint Capella actually does fit a lot of the kind of archetypes for a most improved player in that he's really do, is showing a statistical improvement in a different role but he has been outpaced by a couple other guys.
0: Yeah, I looked at the three that I really focused on were Andrew Wiggins, Aaron Gordon and Rudy Gobert. Uh, Gobert in large part because he had a spectacular preseason that he's been able to hang bring over and uh, Gobert, you know, without spoiling my pick would certainly be right up there. I think even Wiggins has uh gotten better. Gordon uh not so much given the the role that he was in. I also mentioned I think one that I thought was interesting was Kemba Walker. And he actually has improved a lot. You know, he really made the all-star team this year. His jumper is a lot better. Uh, just carried the Charlotte team that really has nothing else going for it offensively. Uh, all season uh the biggest surprise team i listed three utah denver and miami feel pretty good about that because all three of those teams have i think exceeded most people's expectations
1: my single one was denver so i, I and i am with you i think that 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 did well and the team we didn't include in there is milwaukee because we didn't expect this which made it surprising
0: biggest surprise player who did you have
1: i had rodney hood and i still love rodney hood but this hasn't been his year
0: i looked at dwight howard and early in the year it looked like that would be the case but the hawks have kind of swooned a little bit i thought that howard just coming off the narrative of his exit in houston uh, i think he's been about what they could have hoped uh but not really much more than that and they haven't had the the team success uh most disappointing player i certainly was way off on uh marcus soul was one of the two that i listed and you know he was outstanding and has carried memphis to the playoffs so i completely blew that one dwayne wade I, I feel a little bit better about it, especially since chicago now has played better with him out
1: my two were jeff teague which looked prescient early in the season but he's had a very nice year and then demar de who's been demar de
0: yeah, I mean, it has been more than Demar Derozan has ever been before. He's, he's been fantastic, even though you know we've talked about some of his limitations. Uh, yeah, he's, he's basically. I
1: have to say that I give him more credit than I, they've been better. And while there are other people that deserve credit too, they've been better without Kyle Lowry than I ever expected. And I have to give full credit to Derozan for out outperforming yeah. my expectations.
0: Yeah, I mean, for him to be able to create those number of shots on average to slightly above average efficiency, especially during the regular season on a team that's going to defend and has nobody else who can create, that's just, it's very valuable, especially in the regular season. You have a limit on your ceiling with him because you know how can you really get to an elite offense with him being the main guy without Lowry next to him and you know really facing like good defense in the playoffs but you know in the regular season a guy who can get you to being average on offense when he doesn't have much around him that is very valuable uh most disappointing team uh I picked it as a tie between Chicago and Memphis and Chicago is going to make the playoffs they're actually going to get more wins than I think their over under was it in vegas most likely they're getting pretty close to there and but still has been incredibly disappointing at various times throughout the season and then memphis you know i was just so worried about their health and uh so so that didn't really work out at all we'll we'll give our actual picks for most disappointing team uh, coming up uh well tomorrow, i should mention
1: sure. my my other one so i had one that i had in their side chicago which we said and then indiana and they have they've been i think they've disappointed a little bit but not as much other than paul george who was clearly disappointed. And then the other team that I had in contention was Oklahoma City, just if they really fell off.
0: Why do you think Paul George is disappointed?
1: I, well, you, you see his public comments and just kind of
0: how he—it—it it seems oh, like like he—he he himself is disappointed right. in the team, right. not that he has disappointed. Oh, okay. exactly. Sorry, that was yeah, in, art, in artfully
1: said, yeah. phrased. My fault. Yeah. And and so then the other team I had in there was was Oklahoma City. They've of course exceeded expectations and they've had, they've had a really nice year. But I, I just saw the possibility of them falling off and then becoming a disappointing team because their line was notoriously hard to set.
0: Yeah, uh, I said that for executive of the year, Bob Myers would deserve it because he brought in Kevin Durant and Zaza Pachulia and David West and drafted Patrick McCaw. And, you know, I certainly would stick with that. I don't think he's going to get it just because people think that it's like, you know, uh, are going to be, think that it was so easy to sign Kevin Durant, you know, like even though they, Signed all these other guys, so they could have the space for him uh, to to great contracts. So I I think, and then I said who I thought would get it would be either Danny Ainge or Dennis Lindsey. And uh Ainge not really looking there because we thought he might run some big trade, and that that never happened. So you know, I think Dennis Lindsey is looking like a pretty good pick. the The depth that he got to fortify the Jazz this year with all the injuries they've had, and to still be in nice playoff position in in the West. uh Was there anyone else that you had brought up there?
1: Not that I brought up before. I just. Said- Bob Myers I thought he was was the heavy favorite and I still think he's gonna win it but we'll talk about that more tomorrow all
0: right uh we about done here
1: yeah I think so <laughs> well we, we right, don't I, we don't need to talk about the 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 Tar heels not really taking advantage of a guy with a sprained ankle that was the one part you went on your little tirade about the game that was the one thing that drove me crazy was the way that they handled Nigel Williams goss staying on the floor after a sprained ankle was North Carolina not attacking him at all and then Gonzaga giving him the ball
0: so that was a little bit weird yeah, that's just one of those things where I, I don't think any coach is going to hijack their offense in a late-game situation. We're going to run the clock down 30 30- 30 seconds up by two or whatever and like oh let's go after this one player Like, it's just like college doesn't really seem to work that way they just kind of college is more about like we're just gonna run what we run like and
1: that's <laughs> just have this guy run up and set a screen even if it's at the beginning of the <laughs> clock and if, and if he just falls over then you have a basket
0: yeah i mean like do you ever see like someone in college run like a small small pick and roll with a guy you can shoot i mean maybe the, you, like just to get a switch and a good matchup like it's just i don't know <sighs> <laughs>
1: yeah. well we, that's that's why we watch film instead of watching games in that way so
0: yeah well uh if you watch college basketball and you need to have a couple of drinks to stomach the terrible action make sure you use lyft to drive home you can get a as a new user three free rides up to ten dollars each with that cat space code And then if you're feeling like you don't want to get up quite as early because you had those drinks as you were forced to watch college basketball, if you get blinds.com, you don't have to worry about too much light getting in. You can sleep in as long as you want. Use that cap space code to get 20% off everything at blinds.com and let them know that you came from us and our awesome commercials. Uh, Talk to you tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing.